Hey, we want to welcome you to Elevation Church. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but it seems to be that with this stay-at-home order uh, and a lot of non-essential businesses that are closing, uh, that it's really difficult to get a haircut. I don't know if you can relate to that. So, I mean, maybe even throw your hands up in the chat feature just saying that, yeah, that's me. Uh, I've been hearing lots of that. I've been, I've been hearing about people shaving their head just to kind of get it over with. And, and some of you ladies out there, I, I've seen that the, the uh, dye your hair stuff has gone way up because lots of people are doing that at the house as well. And so uh, I know that we're all experiencing different challenges and, and certain types of difficulties. And, and the thing that I've discovered is that they fall in a variety of categories. You know, some of them fall in these categories of like, they're just, you know, minor annoyances, minor inconveniences. But then there are other things that we're dealing with that fall into a category that I would just describe as either crisis or devastating. And I don't know where you fall today. I don't know what your situation is exactly. I do know that lots of us are kind of in the same boat. You're waking up in the morning sometimes feeling like, wow, I feel like I've been here before. Or is this thing ever going to be over, you know? And, and I just want to say to you today that, yes, it will be. I believe in, in Jesus' name that we will get through this. But I also believe that we have to learn that as we go through these challenging times, that God is in the middle of them and that he is not only in the middle of them working on our behalf behind the scenes, he's also asking us to look. He's asking us to engage. He's asking us to, to see where he's working, not just in the world, but also in our lives. Because I believe that in the middle of crisis, devastation, and even minor inconvenience, we serve a God that is building and shaping his people. And so I want to encourage you today to, to just open your eyes a little bit. Begin to believe again that God is active and moving. He's not just active and moving in the world around you, but he's active and moving in your life today. And so I wanted to just spend a few minutes talking with you about how can we keep the mind of Christ in, a middle, in the middle of a crisis? How can we keep the mind of Christ in the middle of a crisis as you know, that the, the, the numbers are, are staggering. People are stressed. We, we've seen unemployment numbers that are greater than we've probably ever seen, many of us ever seen in our lifetime. I mean, I, the last data point I saw was over 20 million people are filing for unemployment. And I suspect there's more of you out there that maybe haven't even filed. And so there is a, a difficult situation. We are dealing with economic times that are creating anxiety, fear, uh, 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 pain, and, and, and panic. I mean, these are the kinds of things that people are dealing with, anxiety, depression. And I don't know about you, maybe you're in that category where you're just like, I don't know. I just don't know what to do. Matter of fact, I hear preachers talk and I hear, I hear people say, do this and do that, and it doesn't seem to be helping. 
but I want to talk to you today about how you can find some help, how you can really grab hold of what's true and what's real. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, I have great news for you. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I have great news for you as well, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you'll grab hold of it, he will begin to unlock the power of God into your life in ways that you can't even understand at this point. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open up here to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, if you don't know where 1 Corinthians is, if you go to the New Testament, find the book of Romans and go right. You'll find 1 Corinthians. And so I just want you to turn over to chapter 2. And I'm going to start reading uh, probably about verse 10. But, but, but I, I do want to say a few things before I get there. See, see Paul was writing to a church called at, at Corinth. And, and it was there in that church that he was speaking to some of the challenges that they were facing. And this is a really interesting book because Paul is really going after them because they, what they've done is they've kind of absorbed the culture. They've absorbed the thinking of the world. They've absorbed the religions of the time and tried to like commingle those things with God. And, and Paul is having to really set them straight. And that's one thing that Paul was good at. He was also very loving. I think sometimes we forget that, but he was very loving in that, but he had to set them straight. And, and right here in chapter two, he starts in and, and he's starting to set them straight on something that I wanted to kind of spend the rest of our time on. And, and the way that Corinthians talks about it is it's like wisdom. That's the word. It's In other words, our thought life, the, the things we think about, the knowledge that we absorb and how that then affects us and, and shapes us and informs us. And so he's speaking to that situation. And one of the things I want you to note here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is that in the first two chapters of, of Corinthians, the word wisdom is mentioned 15 times. Now, in biblical interpretation, anytime you see a word that is in recurrence like that, you should tune in. And matter of fact, in the first two chapters, we see it 15 times. But in the rest of the chapters of this particular letter, we only see it two times after. And so right here in the first part of the book, Paul is going after something. He's going after this wisdom, this, this knowledge, this stuff that we've received from God and how it shapes and informs our life. And the thing that I want to say to you today is the way that we keep the mind of Christ in a crisis is what we tune in to what Paul is saying. And I want to unpack that for you today. I want to start reading here in verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Hear these words. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. In other words, something has been revealed, and it's been revealed by God's Spirit. Watch this. For the Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. How many of us need to know about God's deep secrets. We need to know some things about what God is doing and thinking. And when we do, it's gonna help us. It's gonna help us. And so God has revealed his wisdom to you and to me. If you're a believer today, the Bible says that you have been revealed, that, that, that the wisdom of God has been revealed to you and to me. Let's, let's go a little bit further here into verse 12. Verse 12, and we have received God's spirit, 
not the world's spirit. Get that. I added that parenthetically. But, but we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. See, what Paul's doing is he's contrasting these two ideas, that there is a spirit of the world, there is a knowledge of the world, and there are and there's the spirit of God and that there is knowledge that comes from God. And so, so he contrasts that. So he goes on, he says, we, so we can know the wonderful things of God that has been freely given to us. Verse 13, watch this. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. In other words, this wisdom is coming from somewhere else. Instead, we speak words, watch this, given to us by the Spirit. And so you've been given wisdom by the Spirit of God. You may not even know that today, but I just want you to remember the Bible says you've been given wisdom by God's Spirit. And then he goes on to say, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Now, now what's, what's, what's happening here? Well, see, the Bible is saying that we receive God's spirit, not the world's spirit. Or, let me say it this way, we have received God's wisdom, not the wisdom of the world. And I don't know about you, but lately, I've felt tension. Have you felt the same tension of where you're getting all this wisdom of the world? You're getting all these facts and all these ideas and all these thoughts, and you find yourself in tension? And you're wondering to yourself, what's right? What should I believe? What should I, what, what should I trust? And see, that's the same tension that Paul was talking about. You see, we get wisdom from the world, and then there's this spiritual wisdom that is so beyond the wisdom of the world that sometimes what happens in our life is we consume so much of the wisdom of the world that we start to experience the frustration, the anxiety, the fear that comes with the world's wisdom. Because see, with the world's wisdom, who's in charge? Who's, who's in control? It's people. But see, what Paul's trying to help us to see is that there's a different kind of wisdom. There's a secret wisdom. There's a deeper wisdom that's available to people who claim the name of Christ. And he goes on and he begins to describe that even more. And, and, and I, I just love the way that he says it is that like we're speaking, he says we're speaking these spirit words. That there are these spirit words. In other words, I may even go as far as to say they're faith words. They're, they're these, these faith words that, that were being taught that contrast the world's wisdom. Now stick with me for a second because this, this is foundational to your success. You got to get this. And so, so Paul goes on to say, uh, in, 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 in matter of fact, I want to just kind of add just a, a nuance here as we look at the New American Standard version of the Bible. Same verse, verse 13. This is how it's translated. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, see the contrast, but in those taught by the Spirit. So we're being taught by the Spirit. Look at this. Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Do you see it? So there's the contrast of the world and the spirit, but now the Bible is clearly saying that there are spirit thoughts and those spirit thoughts become spirit words. Do you see it? And see, when you have spirit thoughts and spirit words, you can combat the difficulties that you are facing. 
But if you don't grab hold of this, sometimes what you do and what I do, and we've all done it, is we wake up in the morning and we just grab hold of the world. We grab hold of, of what the world is doing and the wisdom of the world. And, and all of a sudden, this stuff comes on us and we start to experience this anxiety and this fear and this difficulty and this tension. And some of us are in panic. And here's what I have to say to you. Stop grabbing hold of the world's wisdom and start to grab hold of God's wisdom. Start to grab hold of spirit thoughts and speak spirit words, faith thoughts, faith words. See, you've got to understand that we have a part to play here, that it's not just that we say, okay, I see the contrast and we do nothing with it. What good is it for me to know the word of God, but not do anything with the word of God? And so you can know all the right things, but never do anything with it. And so the Bible says you have to apply these spirit thoughts with these spirit words and then it gets better watch this he goes on in verse 16 and I want to read out of the amplified version of the Bible but in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 2 Paul goes on to say this for who can for who has known or understood the mind or counsel or purpose of the Lord so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge so he's saying, you know, none of you have that. I don't have that. I can't instruct God. I can't give him guidance. And, and matter of fact, I mean, can I even really know? But this is what he says. This is the contrast he, he, he makes to this statement. Watch this. In verse 16, he says, but. Now, in biblical interpretation, when you see a but, that means that there's a contrast. And so look, he says, but we have the mind of Christ. Did you know today, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you have the mind of Christ? That's significant to think about. I mean, you, you have God's mind. You have Jesus' mind in you, like your thoughts, your feelings, his purposes. All of those things are available to you. The Bible says that you have that mind, the Messiah who holds the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. In other words, that you are holding that, that you are, you are, you are someone who grabs hold of it and it's living in you. How? How is that possible? Well, the Bible says that the Spirit of God lives in you. That when Jesus Christ beat death and resurrection, which we celebrated last week, when he was resurrected from the dead, he beat sin and death and he sent his Spirit to come to you. And that same spirit is in you, and therefore you have the mind of Christ living in you. And so what does that mean? Well, this is what it means. Since we have the mind of Christ, we can think, feel, and speak like Jesus. Get that. Since you and I have the mind of Christ, the Bible says that I can think, feel, and speak like Jesus. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if that's your experience of, of life today. I don't know when you're going down and you're on the downward spiral and you're feeling depressed and anxious if you know that you can speak like Jesus, that you can think like Jesus, that you can actually feel like Jesus. My friends, that's significant. That is the help that we need today. Uh, one writer wrote it this way about that concept. He says, because believers are so, watch this word, indwelt. In other words, it's, it's not indwell, it's past tense. Since, since, since believers are so indwelt, they do not have, or they do not have the mind of this world. 
Ideally, they are controlled by the mind of the Spirit of Christ. And so, so what does that mean, indwelt? Watch this. Be permanently, look at this, be permanently present in. Someone's soul or mind possesses spiritually. See, I like that word indwelt. In other words, if you're a follower of Jesus today, the Bible says that it's past tense, that the Spirit of God is indwelt in you. That means that, that, that it is permanently, look at this, the Bible says that the Spirit of God is permanently, permanently present in you. Permanently present in you. When I read that, when I studied that, I was so encouraged. Because see, that's what Paul's getting at. Paul's trying to help us to see that everything he just mentioned about the contrast of the world's wisdom and God's wisdom and the spirit words and, and spirit thoughts, he's trying to help us to see that the mind of Christ is available to us, not based on all the things happening around us, but it's based on the fact that the spirit of God dwells in you and me, and therefore I can think, feel, and speak like Jesus. Guys, that's power. That's the help we need. That's the thing that's going to help us keep the mind of Christ in a crisis. And so since we have the mind of Christ, we can think, feel, and speak like Jesus. And so how in the world do we do it in the practical? It's important you get the foundation, but I want to get real practical for you. And, and I'm really just going to say one thing, and I'm just going to keep repeating it because I need you to get it. Here it is, is we can think, feel, and speak like Jesus when we know the Word of God deeply. When we know the Word of God deeply. Now, you might be saying to yourself, yeah, I got it. Now I can leave. No, hold on. It, I think there are people that hear this and probably have heard it for 20 years, but it has not affected their reading habits. It has not affected their time in the Word. It's something they know, but it hasn't penetrated to their hearts. And here's the problem. You can know all the right things. You can even have spiritual knowledge, but if you never speak it, if you never act upon it, it's never going to be activated in your life. And that's the thing you've got to understand. I want to read something to you out of Proverbs chapter 4. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Verse 20, and I'm going to read, I think, through 23. Watch this. Verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my what? Words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. And in the Hebrew, which this would come out of that language, the heart can also be related to your mind. Get that. And so he says, let it penetrate deep into your heart or mind, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Get that. Let me, let me just say that again. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart or mind for they bring life to you and they bring healing to your body is what the scriptures say. I'm not even sure how that happens. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. And then he goes on in verse 23, which some of you might be more familiar with this particular verse. Verse 23, guard your heart above all else. Again, heart, mind. 
heart, mind. Guard your heart, guard your mind above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so my guarding my heart and mind has an impact on the trajectory of my life. And that doesn't even have to just be long term. That can be in the short term. That can be every morning. That can be every afternoon. That can be every evening. It can be in that span of time. The thing we have to understand, if we don't guard our hearts and minds, that it will affect our trajectory for the day, our trajectory for the month, our trajectory for the year. Do you see it? And so it's so important that we take heed what the Bible is saying. And I love how Proverbs writes, he starts with, my child. In other words, what he's saying is, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible calls you sons and daughters. Sons and daughters of the Father. And so what that means is you're his kids. And so Proverbs is saying, hey, my kids, right? My kids, my child. Listen to this. It's so important you get it. And it's like if you're a parent, you know what it's like to try and instruct your children in the ways that they should go and like the wisdom they should have and the choices they should make. And, 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 and because you know that someday they're going to make choices. And so you're instructing them. And so this is what the Bible's doing. He's instructing all of us. And as far as I'm concerned, we're all kids of God. And so he's saying to you, hey, kids, listen up. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of my words. Are you seeing it? His words, not the world's words, but God's words. And then he says, let it penetrate deep into your heart or deep into your mind. And he says very clearly that the result is, which I think these are amazing. I think these are absolutely amazing that these are the results if we do what God is saying. Number one, they bring life to those who find him. Guys, listen. You might be experiencing death today. You might be experiencing downturn, stuff that isn't good. But here's what I have to say to you. The Bible says that if you'll part, start to meditate and grab hold of the word of God, that death that you're dealing with can become life. And I don't even always know how it works, but I know this, that when I meditate on the word of God, when I grab hold of the word of God, and when I grab hold of, of spirit thoughts and spirit words, I can defeat those kinds of things in my life. I don't know if you believe that today. I'm just challenging you to believe it today, that you have the mind of Christ, and therefore you can think, feel, and speak like Jesus. And then watch this. Number two, he says... They bring healing to the whole body. Anybody out there need healing? The Bible says that when we grab hold of God's word, it's not just knowledge. It's not just stuff, factoids and things and information. We live in an information world and everybody's got information and everybody's got an opinion. But this is the thing that the Bible says, that when you grab hold of God's word and you start to, to know it deeply, what happens is there's something unlocked in your life in the spiritual that I can't even explain that not only leads to life, but it leads to your healing. It leads to your healing. And I don't know how it always works, but I'm just here to tell you today, start to meditate on God's word. Start to grab hold of the thoughts of God, the promises of God, all that God has said in the Bible. Start doing that. And I believe that life and healing are going to start to come into your life. 
The places that you've been broken, the places that things have been stolen from you, the places that the enemy has taken things from you. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost your health. I don't know what it is today, but the Bible clearly says that if you'll grab hold of his word, it's going to bring life and healing to your body. And that's what I want for you. Matter of fact, I want to pray for you right now. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray that as people grab hold of your word, as they begin to meditate it each day, Father, that you would begin to bring life back into them. God, you'd bring life back into our city. God, you'd bring life back into our country. Father, I pray right now for those that are sick that healing would come back into their lives right now in the name of Jesus, Father. We believe healing is coming as we meditate on your word today. In Jesus' name, just receive that prayer today. Let that be something you grab hold of today. And then in Proverbs, he goes on and ends with that thing that, that, that warning, really, it's a warning. He says, guard your heart or mind above all else, for it determines the course of your life. My friends, that is a stark warning. Do you see it? And I want to ask you this question today. Are, are you doing a good job of guarding your heart and mind right now? Are you? I mean, I know that that's the question, and I, I know that sometimes we hear it and we move on, but I just want to get real personal for a second. Are you doing a good job of guarding your heart and your mind today? Because, see, if you don't, and it's a warning to each of us, if you don't, it will affect our journey. It will affect the trajectory it, matter of fact, the Bible says it determines the course of your life. And so in this in-between, in this season that we're in, the thing I want to ask you is, are you doing that? Or are you allowing all the things of the world, all the wisdom of the world, and all those things to grab hold of you? And you know, you know what that does to you. You know that when you grab hold of the wisdom of the world, your fear goes up. Your anxiety goes up. Your panic goes up. Your depression goes up. See, these are the things that happen when we grab hold of the world because, see, there's no help there. The Bible says very clearly that the help is with God. The help is with the, with the word of God, with us having spirit thoughts, speaking spirit words, faith thoughts, faith words. That's what the Bible is calling us to. And very clearly that when we do that, it will help determine our path. It will help determine our path moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, month by month, however long this lasts. The Bible says that that's true. And I don't know about you, but, if I, but, 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 but for me, if I'm going to maintain the mind of Christ, if I'm going to keep the mind of Christ in my life during this crisis, I have to guard my heart and mind from the, the, the wisdom of the world and begin to apply the wisdom of God into my life. Now, I want to share a, a quote with you. There, I have a dear friend that shares this with me, uh, this quote all the time. And matter of fact, it's from a pastor. His name is Kenneth Hagin, and, and, he, and he wrote this quote. I'll just share it with you. Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words will lead the heart out of defeat and into victory every time. Did you see that? Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words will lead the heart out of defeat, maybe you're feeling defeated today, into victory every time. 
He goes on to say, thoughts may come. We all have thoughts. They show up all the time. And thoughts may persist in staying. Like you may have a hard time even getting them out of your head. But thoughts not spoken or acted upon will die unborn. Do you see it? In other words, you're going to have thoughts. You're going to have things come to you. You're going to have uh, ideas that persist and, and challenges that come at you and you face down every day. It's going to happen. The world's wisdom is coming for you. But here's the thing you got to see. If you will not speak them or act upon them, what Hagen is saying is that they will die unborn, that they won't take root, that they won't grow into something that you don't want them to grow into. And so we have to learn to speak out the word of God. We have to learn to think on the word of God because, see, that's where our power is. Now, I, I suspect you're smart and you've picked up on this at this point. Is that if I, I don't have the word of God, how do I win? See, that's a good question. That's the question that we have to answer. That's the question we have to look at. Because, see, God has wired us to win. God has wired us to be able to win in the middle of crisis. He's, he's wired us to think faith thoughts and speak faith words. And, and, and so, matter of fact, some of the neurological uh, study right now around neuroplasticity talks about that, that when I speak faith words, when I speak words that are good and life-giving, what literally starts to happen in my brain, you can see these synapses that are starting to just grow. They just start to grow. It's like they get excited when they hear the word of God. It's just powerful. It's like they just start to grow. And what you are literally doing is reprogramming your brain. You are reprogramming your brain with faith words and faith thoughts. Do you see it? See, see, listen to this. Listen to this. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not copy the behaviors or customs of this world, but let us trans let, let God transform you into a new person. So God is changing your mind. He's making you a new creation. He, as you put in the word of God, the old has to go. Watch this. He goes on. He says, you're a new person by changing, look at this, the way you think. Do you see it? What are you thinking on? What are you obsessing about right now? Is it world wisdom? Is it, is it spiritual? Is it it's spirit thoughts? Is it faith thoughts? Faith words? Is that what it is? Or is it something else? See, the Bible says that when we do that, we will learn to know God's will, his good and pleasing and perfect will. That's, that's what the scripture says. And then I, list, I just love this, guys. I love this, this particular scripture. I'll share it with you in Psalm 1, verse 2. The Bible instructs us, but they delight in the law of well, let me say it this way. They delight in the word of the Lord, meditating it, meditating on it day and night. So, so what's the point? If we're ever going to think, feel, and speak like Jesus, we got to get the word in us deeply. And I don't know what your journey is, and I don't know what your experience of this is. Uh, you may be devouring God's word right now, and that's good. Praise God. But some of us might just be sampling it, you know, like a little morsel here, maybe a little appetizer that comes around occasionally. I don't know exactly how you're approaching this, but I do know this, that if we don't get the word in us, we won't be able to recognize the difference between the world's wisdom and God's wisdom. 
we won't be able to recognize the difference. And if you can't recognize the difference, you sure can't think it, and you sure can't apply it, and you sure can't speak it. Do you see? And I know that you, 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 there's something about this crisis that is making the Word of God very practical. Because I think sometimes we hear these things in the ethereal. Like we've been coming to church and we've been going to church all our life and, and, and there was no context for me to apply the word of God. And so it was just the word of God. It was just something that's important. But now you are in the middle of a crisis. You are barely hanging on. And, and here's the thing you've got to see is that the word of God is available to you now. And so if you're going down, if you're feeling anxious and fearful and, and you're panicked, I just want to ask you to reach out because God has given you the thoughts. God has given you the wisdom that you need to overcome. You have the mind of Christ and you can begin to think feel and speak like Jesus. See, that's what you got to know today. It's very practical right now, isn't it? Because what's going to happen is if you heed my words and you start to meditate on the Bible day and night, your faith is going to come up. Your hope is coming up. You're not going to feel defeated every day. You're going to start to, as one writer wrote it, you're going to start to build a wall around your thoughts and your feelings and even your neurological systems you are going to start to build a wall with the word of God around those things. And, and it made me think about this. It made me think about Legos. I don't know if you guys play with Legos, but my kids love to play with Legos. So kids, if you like Legos, this is, this is for you. You got to see this. Matter of fact, some of you adults, I think some adults love Legos more than kids. But, but, but listen, listen. So, so what, 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 I, what I see the scripture saying is that when I meditate, when I meditate on the word of God, What happens is that every day I do it, every moment I do it, I'm adding a brick. Do you see it? I'm I'm, I'm adding a brick to the wall. And so on on Monday, you know, I was reading God's word and and, and I added a brick. You see it? Uh, On Tuesday, I was Tuesday, I was reading the word of God. I'm adding a brick. I know you guys are smart people. You're starting to see it. On Wednesday, adding a brick. On Thursday, I'm adding a brick. Do you see what's starting to happen? I'm starting to build a defense. I'm starting to build a defense around my thoughts, around my feelings, around what I'm speaking. As I start to build the wall, what happens is the wall becomes an outer gate to my inner world. And that wall is the thing that starts to defeat all of these worldly wisdoms that are coming at me. And so the word of God is something that I can begin to stack. And I, I don't know if you're doing that in your life, but that's the thing you've got to see today is that your wall can get higher. And so when these challenges come at you, your wall is going to start to defeat those things. The, your wall is built of the word of God and it's going to help your thinking, your feelings and your spirit. Do you see it? And you may say, well, pastor, I don't know how to do that. Yes, you do. You can. You can start to read. You can start to do it. You can start to add a brick. You're like, but pastor, I'm failing now. I know. But you've got to get some bricks in the wall. You've got to start now. Because as you start, you'll add a brick every day, every day. And what's going to happen, you know it, you see it, you understand it's inevitable. The more bricks you add, the bigger the wall gets. 
And that wall will help protect you from the attacks of the enemy. It will help protect you from the worldly wisdom that's coming at you in this crisis. And it will begin to help you see what's real. And the power of God will be released in your life. And you'll be experiencing God in new ways. And here's the thing I know. The older I get and the more bricks I add, I'm less vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. I'm less vulnerable to the worldly wisdom around me because my faith is building word walls and those word walls are the things that are keeping my mind, my thinking, my feelings, my speaking in check and cared for. And see, that's the thing we've got to see. And so I want to encourage you today. I've been seeing some some. Some, I would say it's challenging news. What I'm seeing is that a lot of us who are staying at home are spending a lot of our time watching things. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad. Because, I mean, come on, you, you got to watch some stuff. But, but, but the thing is, is that the numbers are going way up. The consumption of watching is starting to go way up. And here, here I, as your pastor, if you're listening to my voice, just will you receive this today? The more we watch isn't always gonna lead to the better we are. See, the thing that we have to see is that I've gotta start to read the Bible. I've gotta start reading it. Now, I guess you could watch it, but the thing about reading is it engages your brain differently. It engages your senses differently. And I believe it unlocks your spirit and gets it moving. And then what happens is in your reading, you start to see things that you never saw before. And so here's what I want to challenge you today is if we're going to have the mind of Jesus, we've got to stop watching stuff and start reading the Bible. We've got to start reading things that are going to add value to our situation. And the thing that's happening is I think that we're wasting a lot of our time not doing that. We're not grabbing hold of it. And then we wonder why we feel anxious, fearful, and worried. And here's what I want to say to you. God is here to help you. You can have the mind of Christ today. In the middle of this crisis, you can keep the mind of Christ. And the way you do it, the way you do it is by making sure that you're feasting on the word of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it means for each one of us. God, thank you that we have the mind of Christ. Father, right now, I know that there are people that are hearing my voice, that they've forgotten that fact. And I ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would remind them again today. If that's you, like you're like, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that. Just tell the Lord, say, Lord, forgive me of that. I'm not gonna be obedient in my thought life anymore or disobedient in my thought life anymore. I'm not gonna be disobedient in my, uh, my emotions anymore. I'm not gonna be disobedient in the words I speak anymore. I ask your forgiveness, and I'm gonna begin to replace those with spirit thoughts, faith thoughts, faith words. And God, I believe, I believe that you hear me today and that you're gonna make these things come true in my life. Just tell him, just tell him that's what you want. I also want to just speak to a group of people that maybe as I shared from the word, uh, your story 
is not a story that connects with Jesus. Like you would say that you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And, and maybe something I said kind of stirred you a little bit. But I want to share with you the story if you don't know it. The Bible says that Jesus was born as a baby, grew into a man, went to a cross to die a brutal death for you and for me. The Bible says the reason he did that is because God loves you. Three days later, he beat death and sin and was resurrected, which we just celebrated. And the implications for your life and mine is that you can have a personal relationship with God personal relationship with Jesus who loves you very much and not only loves you, wants to save you, but wants to transform you and give you the power to overcome in this world. And so I want to ask you today, do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? If you don't, I want to pray for you. And so if you wouldn't mind, let's, let's pray together. And just if this is your prayer, just maybe repeat this prayer after me. God, I need you. I recognize that I don't have you in my life. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Savior of the world. I ask your forgiveness. I ask that you'd come in and change me from the inside out and be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we are so glad that you came. We're so glad uh, that you gave your life to Christ today. We're so proud of you for doing that. Uh, if you're in one of our online experiences, go ahead and let somebody know that that was your experience. You know, put something in the chat feature that says, hey, I accepted Christ today, or hey, I put my faith in Jesus today. Whatever it is, just let someone know so that we can begin to help you in your journey. Because I, I just believe as a church, we are so committed to helping people who come to faith start their journey. And so we want to send you some information and help you get started. And so please take advantage of that today. Uh, I do want to remind you again about giving. Uh, during this difficult time, we know that everybody comes at this from a variety of places. Uh, and so I just want to say first to people that are giving to Elevation right now in this difficult time, you're giving your tithes and maybe even sacrificial offerings that are going to help people all around us. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for giving and being so generous. Uh, but I also want to speak to some of you that are struggling today. And I want to be able to pray for you in just a moment. I know that some of you have lost jobs and, and, and employment is drying up. And some of you have been for, for, furloughed. And, and there's all kinds of things happening. And so during my prayer, in just a moment for the offering, I want to pray for you as well. So I encourage you to give. You can do that through text 77977. And just put the keyword in there of Elevation FM give, and then that'll get you started. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it means for each one of us. God, I pray that today we would leave this place wherever we are, knowing that we can speak, think, and feel like Jesus because we have the mind of Christ. Father, I pray your blessing on this offering. I ask in Jesus' name that you would double it, triple it, let it grow exponentially for your kingdom that we might continue to do your work in this city, in our nation, and around the world. Father, we know that you can do that. We believe in faith that you're already doing it, so thank you. And Father, I want to specifically pray for those that have lost jobs, that are struggling financially. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would begin to unlock blessings in their life, 
Father, that you would give them unexpected opportunities, that you'd give them better jobs, that you'd give them more pay, that these are the things that you're going to do. Father, we're going to see the miracles happen because you are a miracle-working God. Your word says that when we cry out to you, you hear us, that you listen. And so, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for being our strong tower. I thank you for helping us build the walls in our lives so that we might be strong. We love you today. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.